I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up? Happy Wednesday. Hey, you couldn't have come on at a better time, man. Oh, uh, what's happening? Craig was just spewing me a whole bunch of shit about the Sabres lineup next year. You got to, JR, you got to hear this. I mean, it's it's not that we want to talk Sabres because I, I want to get your yeah, thoughts I'm on I'm kind of shocked you talk about Sabres. <laughs> no, it was off the air. It was all, it was just off the air. And because, uh, you know, the Sabres have been rumored to be in on Halibut and all this. And I, I trust me, I want to hear what you have to say about Jamie Ben's cross check, but Craig's just changing up the entire lineup here, here in Buffalo, and it's just I just can't listen to it anymore. Good morning. <laughs> All right, what's 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 he changing up? Where's he going? Well, what let me let me. I don't want to do a number one, two, three line, Jr. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna hypothetically throw something at you. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, you know, okay, a, a, I'll, a, I'll, 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 and after you say it, I'm going to try to see if I can get your vision of why you're doing it. Go ahead. Okay. So, <laughs> so right now, um, you, you're in a situation that you have, um, you know, Casey Middlestad at the end of the year played really, really well with Jeff Skinner and Alex Tuck. Okay. As did Tage Thompson all year also. But um, when Tage went down with a with an injury at the end of the year, um, they they ended up trying something different, and they put Casey Middlestad up there. Casey Middlestad absolutely went on fire. He was on fire, one of the best players without question on the team at the end of the year. So what I'm trying to say is, um, to start next year, would it be crazy for me to think that Casey Middlestad, who Ultimately, they used as a third line center last year and played with players that were ping pong and all over the lineup and on that third line. Let's just say hypothetically that you have Casey Middlestat with Jeff Skinner and, and Alex Tuck. That line was awesome at the end of the year. Okay. Um, another line would be Cousins, Quinn, and Paterka. Now, this is a line that was assembled maybe halfway throughout the season. And this young line, insanely dynamic. Like, we're talking three young young studs that are all under the age of 22, um, uh, 21 years old. And, you know, for Paterka and Quinn being their first year in the league, this line was awesome to watch. They were dynamic, JR. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
So that 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 line most likely will stay together because they were just so good throughout the season and they're going to get so so much better as they get older. You know this, right? As you get older, get more Especially mature. if they play especially if they play together for longer. And we're we're talking we're talking 3 super insanely high-end skilled guys. You can see why I had had enough by the time you got on, AJR. I mean, this was about 11 minutes. You know, it's amazing. You know, it's amazing, JR. JR, this is is what's amazing about this conversation. We were talking about this, and Petey was loving it. He was totally... Now he flips on the show, and I'm a piece of shit, and I'm wasting his time. This is what he does all the time. At some point in time, the fans that listen to you know that you're just an idiot, okay? <laughs> and everything that you do is like you're you're Mr. Clickman. That's your clickbait. Oh yeah. I'm so clickbait. anyway, Jr. Moving on. Well, I don't think you're crazy, and I'm a firm believer in not not overstacking your 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 power, right? Unless you're the part of the game that you need a goal, right? I mean, there we've you seen go. this. Yep. We've yep. we've seen this. We've seen this with McDavid and Drysaddle. Right when they separate yes. them, because they're good enough to play with anybody, and they're good enough to make other players better. Now you got to ask yourself on Buffalo Sabers, how many players do they have that make other players better? Alex Tuck, I think yes. Tage Thompson, I think probably yes. Okay, now I think Tuck is more of a playmaker than Tage Thompson is in terms of his his passing ability, his setup ability, his um so I think you gotta you gotta you you have to take it you have to take it into consideration who can who can, can who can play by themselves better, right? Is it Alex Tuck or Tage Thompson? In in your opinion, who is it? Because you gotta take the top guys. Okay. Uh, and you gotta you got to take cousins into consideration here too, because here's a young kid who is who's who's on the up on the upslope. So you have to make sure you take care of him with who he plays with. So he yeah. Continues well, I, I think you're. I think Casey Middlestat in general, and and Petey can attest to this. Was this is the first round draft pick? This is an eighth overall kid that is that's had sixty points this year. He had sixty points, but he also had sixty points playing with a plethora of um you know guys that were in and out of the lineup and then you have Victor Olson who literally like he was nowhere near the front of the net and you need guys like that to be in front of the net to 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 play with Casey Middlestat's style okay I I'm think Casey you, Middle- I'm gonna give you my assessment of Casey Middlestat I think he's a very talented player I get a little bit worried about Casey in terms of his consistency number one and this, his size and strength, and 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 his ability to be—he's not small, Jr. Six feet tall, uh, six one. But he's but he does, probably but below two hundred pounds. He does, but he doesn't—he doesn't play big. He does not play big. Yeah. Right. He's not a physical player. Um, he. I don't. I don't see him being. Um, you know that guy that is going to make another player that much better. I mean, Casey Mills that is a is a good player. Don't get me yeah. wrong; he's a very good player. He, but I don't but see him you, as that. As that, I see him as that maybe that sixth forward, seventh forward. Okay, and 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 that's fine. I think Casey Middlestat right now has the skill set that's that's off the chart. His skills in in puck uh, distributing 
to two guys that can score goals and Tuck and Skinner at the end of the year, Jr. This line was insane. Okay, Casey yeah, Middlestad for the first good, yeah. time, for the first time, got to play with guys that not only um, complimented him but made him better. And then Casey Middlestad took off. That's what I like about this line. That line set together. Casey Middlestad is a 25, 24 year old young man right now that is ready to yep. explode jr okay yep. Yep. um mm-hmm. jeff skinner tuck can help him do that dylan cousins jack quinn and paterka it's the baby line i mean these guys are all under the like quinn uh is 21 years old paterka is 21 years old uh dylan cousins i think is 22 it's an energy line they, they whether they'll change the court that the the, the the you know the the trend of the game, whether it's, you know, they take over offensively where they score a big goal, whether they get their team going because of their energy, because of the way they're playing. Um, I don't mean it so much energy line that they're going to run around and hit everything. I think they could be a, a, a line that can change the course of a game. If it's, if it's going the wrong way, I don't think, I don't, I don't disagree with you to tell you the truth. I really don't. Um, I'm, I'm a firm believer in this uh, distribution of your talent, but you have to weigh in what players can play by themselves and what players need the, the setup men need aid in doing so. And if you can find that and which, which gives you, which brings a, your point about Casey Middlestat being a good disher. Right. But does Alex Tuck who plays better, who who can play better by themselves, Alex Tuck or Tage Thompson? I think Tage Thompson, but um, which, which again would, would reaffirm your kind of your idea. So I don't mind it, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Hey, have you ever heard anything about Connor Hallibuck and where he, uh, he might end up in a trade? There's rumors he might end up out of uh, Winnipeg. Buffalo's been linked, but we've been talking about it a lot just because we're here in Buffalo, but didn't know if you had heard anything about Connor Hallibuck. I, I, I really haven't. I've just okay. been watching the, watching the playoffs and seeing what everything's going on. I really haven't followed along what's going on um, outside of the actual games, right? Well, what's happening. Well, let's talk about the playoffs. Uh, it looks like the finals are pretty much set with the exception of both series officially being over. And last night, early in that game, Dallas-Vegas, Jamie Benn cross-checks Mark Stone in the head as he's on the ice and gets ejected from the game five minutes, probably going to be suspended. But where does that come from? I mean, how does, how does a, a player... Like Jamie Ben, we all know what type of player he is. He's a great player, and he he plays with an edge. But you can't have your captain doing that in the most important game of the season. No, and we we knew he was going to be a, a, a physical force. We talked about it last week, how Ben was going to be that one guy that was going to lead the offensive, I mean, the, uh, the, the physical brand of hockey. I mean, even Riv pretty much said the only guy on Dallas who has that, that physical toughness to start it is Ben. And you can tell in starting that game last night and watching the start of that game last night, you know exactly what the conversation in the locker room was. What do you think the conversation in that locker room was amongst all the players? Get nasty. Get nasty. Let's get physical. Let's bang them around. Let's make them feel uncomfortable. This is our building. Let's let's go out and let's play. Let's start a physical brand of hockey, and let's 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 impose our our will. That you knew it because every single player on that on that 
first shift pretty much laid a big hit or tried to lay a big hit. And Jamie Ben probably being the leader of that message in that locker room, uh, who has the hottest head, who does um, at times take it a little bit too far. We've seen him in the past do stupid things physically. Now, we always say in the playoffs, what do you have to have in the playoffs? You got to have discipline, right? Discipline is everything. Staying out of the penalty box. I remember 1991, we had the number one team in the National Hockey League by far. We were the best team, number one, won the President's Cup trophy. And I remember Dave Manson took like 50 penalty minutes in the first round and we lost to Minnesota, literally because we were out, we were killing penalties the whole the whole time. When you have your captain in front of your home crowd in the first two minutes of the game, three minutes of the game, do something stupid like that, you deflate your entire team. Not only do you put yourself behind the eight ball with a five-minute penalty, you take your captain out of the game, you totally deflate your, your pregame message, and you saw exactly what happened because of it. They got fucking thumped because you had the, the guy who should have known better did something really stupid. And regardless if he was doing it for the right cause, this is where the veterans and the leadership and the knowledge and 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 the wherewithal of, of where you are in the season and in the game just totally well, eluded. Well, who's gonna Jamie who's ben. gonna hold Jamie Ben accountable in that locker room? Like who has Nobody. the uh, right Pavelski. Yeah, that would be the only guy on that entire team that would be able to kind of say something to Jamie Ben. And I don't think listen, you need to say anything to Jamie Ben. I don't think you need you. to say yeah. anything. No, to Jamie you're, you're right. Yeah. You're exactly right. You don't. You don't have to say. Jamie knows he fucked up, and you know he he was probably in that locker room shaking his head and fucking had his and was kicking himself. And you know it would not surprise me if he didn't apologize to his team after. Absolutely. I was just going to say I would. Yeah, I would bet that yeah. hundred bucks back. I would, <laughs> I would too, because Jamie Ben is that type of type of player, that type of person. I don't know if you yeah. guys know Jamie at all, but he is a super, super awesome guy. I like, never and, met him, uh, don't know him, but I can. You can just tell by watching him, seeing him speak. You know how he plays, all that stuff. That he'd be an impossible guy to to not like. No. And by the way, I'm not going to sit here and call Jamie Ben a cheap player, a cheap shot, because he's not. He no. lost his brain. He lost his brain because he was so motivated to get his team back into this playoffs. He wanted to win so bad, and he wanted to win at all costs. And at, at the one moment when the captain of the other team comes right into him, his brain is like, okay, I'm sending a message, and I'm sending a message to their captain. It was the wrong message. And he didn't mean to cross-check him in the face. He, he was going to cross-check him in the shoulder. It yeah. went off his shoulder, hit him in the face. Uh, it was not his intention. It, it was, you shot. know what it was? It was an extra shot. Like, hey, I'm here and I'm yeah. coming. And, and it doesn't matter. Yeah. You're going to come at me and you're on the ice. I'm still coming after you. It, was, it, was, it wasn't a cross-check to the face. As like, like you said, it wasn't intentional. It was seen a lot worse, right? Well, yeah, it was just extra shot of it. Like, number one, it's Mark Stone, okay? So he's going to let Mark Stone know 
that it's all night long. Like it, it doesn't matter. And captain against captain, right? My house, right? This is my house. Yeah. I'm gonna fucking dominate you tonight. So and, did listen, you- I, and again, again, Jamie Ben deserves to get suspended. He does, and he will. How many? Um, I think just one. I think it's one game. Um, and because I think he's gonna he's gonna tell his story to regular you know, to season. What is George. it? Two, two, three, probably. Yeah, two, three. But I think, but I think he's I don't gonna, know he's if he's a repeat offender or when the last time he was suspended was. I'm sure he has been. I don't actually. I can't say that for certain, but I feel like he's the type of player that may have been for something. But I don't yeah, know. I, but either way, but I, again, two, three games. again, it was. You see these things, and you know, I. I I applaud Jamie Ben for having the warrior type mentality and having that grit, that old school grit that I like. Uh, I do not agree or approve of what he did. I wish he, I wish he would have done it a different way. Um, but um, he's going to have to be, he's going to, he hurt his team. He definitely hurt his team and he, he, he knows it. Well, let sure. me ask you this. Uh, did not speak after the game. Obligated to not obligated to. Um, I would have, I think, it, I think that's a perfect, perfect opportunity for Jane Ben to sit well, yeah, in front you, of everybody. They are. You would have blamed, you would have blamed the NHL for that cross check. You'd have been like, that's the, <laughs> that's the NHL's fault. Wake up. <laughs> what are the refs calling? <laughs> I saying, what is this? It's an elimination game for fuck's sake. So I knocked a couple teeth out. That's what I'm supposed to do. Oh, <laughs> oh funny. Um, yeah, you know what? I think Jamie Ben was is as a captain is responsible for, you know, getting up and you know being responsible for his actions and maybe making an apology to his team there publicly because I would have. Um, you know, he probably didn't feel like it was that bad on the ice, but I'm sure when he went off the ice and saw the replay, he's like, "Oh fuck," you know, so- that, that did not look good. So let me let me throw something else at you playoff related here. Um if it goes on the way it is between Florida and Vegas, okay? Um it is very likely that an, an American player will be named Conn Smythe trophy winner and it will be either Matthew Kachuk or Jack Eichel. I mean you can you can make a you can make a, a you can make a push for Marceau. Did you see that pass that Eichel gave Marcheseau last night? It was, are, it was are you it was it was a great play. It was a great pass. But I will tell you, uh, it's the best. He's been I've, doing it game I've, after night after night. It's the best. Yeah. It's the best I've seen Jack Eichel play consistently, without question. I mean, some of the moves that he's making, the speed that he's that he's using, he looks engaged. When sometimes Jack Eichel looks lethargic, the guy is moving. The guy feels he has a new lease on life right now. I think he's enjoying playing the game. Um, He's he's taken it to two levels from what I've seen Jack play. You know, and, and I, I said for a lot of years, I was like, it's going to be interesting to see how Jack Eichel performs when he makes it to the playoffs. I, I mean, I can I can recall saying those exact words at some point, and it might have even been when he was traded to Vegas, and they just missed the playoffs last year. I remember saying, I look forward to seeing how Jack does in the playoffs. It'll be a real test of character whatever no not that but just you know his determination and will and and ability to elevate his game because that's what the great players do in the playoffs that we've seen in history right so 
I was always curious to see if he had another gear, if he had another level to his game. Oh, he does. When he was tearing up the NHL at his peak about, before his injury. And he is how about just. That, how, about that, how about that move he made in the third period? Uh, I was one between his legs. Oh, he made a move in the third period last night. You know, one coming off that left side. He looked like he was going to take it to the middle. Absolutely mm-hmm. just, just took the defenseman's jock. You know what I went to, to bed Raptors. thinking about last night, Jeremy? This is what I fell asleep thinking about. Probably, well, okay. I literally didn't. I, 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 I bet you. I bet you. It's totally opposite worlds of what I was thinking. About. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to openly admit to you that it was not what I was thinking about. But for the sake of dramatics, I'll tell you that this is exactly what I was thinking about. I wonder. I would love to be on Jack Eichel and Sam Reinhardt's text messages about the fact that. That the two of these these guys oh, yeah. go to the fucking crazy against one another. Isn't that crazy? Oh, man. I know it's just crazy. I, what kind of relationship did they have when they were playing? Very together? good. Great Very friends. good. Yes. Oh, good Those friends. two guys yeah. were miserable as all hell together. Um together. Together. And well, I um, know Sam. I know Sam. Sam's Sam's a great dude, man. I Sam's always Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify has been really really good to my son and friends and um I, I i cheer for him all the time it's you know it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy but let's we got to talk about like what the deficiencies are like this the, the dallas stars have got to be so frustrated with their inconsistent goaltending i mean their their goal their goaltender last night who should have been the best player in the game who needed to be the best player in the game was the worst player in the game. It was the worst. Uh, even even with a great pass that Eichel made, um, you know he is he's so far out of out of the net. He's so far out of the play. Even on the second goal by um, um, you know the Russian kid there, um, this, the guy shot the puck right in the middle of the net. I mean, right in the middle of the net, and. You know, I, I don't understand how this goaltender can be so good for Dallas and then be so bad. Well, he's because, been you know, pulled three games now, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's been pulled three games, and when he's bad, he is so bad. And when he's good, he is so good. And you know what that does to a team? What does that do to a team? You have a team coming in, and you have, you have, yeah, and you also have no idea what you're going to get that night. So it's like we're guessing whether our goaltender is going to be there. Do you think Florida right now is guessing whether fucking their goaltender is going to be there? 
Not a fucking chance. Uh, Not a chance. Greatest story in the league right now. In fact, you know what? He, he could be up for the con Smythe. I'm sorry to say. Yeah. In fact, if absolutely. Florida wins, if Florida wins, I mean, he stopped 175 out of 176 shots in the last three games. I mean, you got to be shitting me. I just, I right? just hope it continues for him because you know, like this is a guy, like he needs this. If there's a player in the league that needs this, it's Bob Rofsky, man. Because this, I guy, totally agree with you. I totally like, agree with you. Why does he need this? Well, because he, he, signed, he, he signed that contract, he and when he did, he took a lot of criticism because everyone's like, ten and a half million in Florida is like twelve and a half in New he York." Won, he, did, did he win the Vesna? Did he win the Vesna twice? Okay, he won the Vesna. Okay, he won the Vesna twice. He signed a huge deal, right? He goes to Florida and pretty much shits the bed for the first couple three three years of his contract and does nothing. So much well, who, so that who's that on? Three other go- who's that on? Finish, no, finish your point though. Oh, fin- no, finish no, your- no, it's well, exactly. But we didn't say we didn't say who deserves. He deserves it for himself, for his own psyche, for his own, you know, self yeah. uh, self worth. I mean, we're not saying he deserves it because of his past play. He deserves it because he was up there. Now he's down, and to be able to fight back the way he has and get to the level that he's playing right now. Is a pretty gratifying thing for Bobrovsky, I think. I, I think he, you know, got to think about a goalie hard. like this. The goalie like this, wondering like, is this how I'm going to go out? Am I going to go oh, out I'm, like one of the most overpaid, overrated? Like, fine. Like, we all had a saying like, it's better to be overpaid than underpaid. That's fine. But, but as a, a true competitor, will not be satisfied, right? And he's sitting there thinking, oh, is this how I'm going to go out like this? Like people absolutely criticizing my play and my. What? Here's my question to both of you. Is Bobrovsky one of the top five best goaltenders in the last 10 years? At times. I wouldn't say he's overall. What, he's what, at, he's at, in, the last ten, in the last 10 years? Yes. 10, 12 years? Yeah. I don't know about that. John Quick, like, Vasilevsky, Carey Price, Henrik Lundqvist. That's four. And then mix in Carey someone Price else. never won a cup. Connor Hellbuck. If he wins a cup. If he wins a cup. If for all you Buffalo listeners, Connor Hellebuck. For all you Buffalo listeners, oh, Connor sorry, JR, One more. I forgot one. Devin Levi. Okay. But listen, but if he wins a cup, if he wins a cup this year, is, do you put him in, in the in the top 10? Uh, top 10 what? Top 10 goaltenders over the last 10 years. Yes. Yeah. But you said top five. So I mean, he might he might no, still be in the top no, 10. I said 10. Oh, did you? He might. Okay. Does he get into the top five? No. There are better goalies that don't have cups. That may have just not been in the right circle. Fuck, I don't know. That's a great question, man. I I shouldn't be so quick to answer that. That's. But you're not wrong in saying that. There probably have been better. I might not be right either. I mean, Carey Price, I think, is a better goaltender, but he, he hadn't had the team. How can we not? How can we not put him in there? Two Vesnas, and and a fucking cup. If he wins the cup, and if he and gets one to the highest, finals, and one of the highest paid, and one of the highest paid goaltenders in the yeah. game. You know, we four can, years, four years he's been in forty. Stunk to high hell. Even if they lose, even Stunk. if Schmelly a year, man, come Stunk. on. Stunk. Even if they lose, he's been the worst see. contract in the league for the last four years. So all of a sudden, well, Jeff Skinner was right there too because we the were trading. Why. We were. We were trading Jeff Skinner for Bob Rowski straight up. No, we weren't. I did. Not never. When we were doing our live show, yes, we were. Two years ago, three years ago, we were. 
But but all I'll say is this: if they go to the finals and lose, we might have a JS Jaguar on our uh, on our hands, where the a, a losing goalie still wins the. He's not fight. even the. He's not even. He's not even the leading leader on the team for the con Smythe votes right now. Like, are we, I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a disagree. Matthew could Chuck has single handedly taken this team. And as much as God, I don't understand this game anymore. Jr. I don't understand the game. This guy is a, this guy is an incredible player. He is the reason why, this, the the Florida Panthers tick. Talking about Matthew Kachuk, that, and that after is true. and after is every true. single whistle, he's face washing somebody. He's slashing somebody. He's verbally jousting with somebody. How the fuck is someone not fucking ripping his head off, or at least trying to? And you know what you do after that. You take him to the box. He sits out for two, maybe a five. Maybe he loses his cool and he's I in don't there know. for he's a look, two. He looks very. Di- he looks disciplined, man. He's I, he's disciplined because no one does anything, Petey. Well, there was the other night. There was that. There was an incident around the he's, net he's, where. He's, but he's getting. He's getting. He, he's 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 really testing the limits. That last game, if you saw the start of that last game, yeah. when he's sla- when he's slashing Burnsy yeah. and. Going crazy! How is you, you, you saw again, you saw the referees? Is, you saw you see the referees looking at him. The referees are talking to him. The referees are they're allowing him to do anything. Jr. How is someone not going? Oh my god! This is the greatest thing ever. I have Matthew Kachuk engaging in after the whistle. I would be charging him every single minute and ripping his straps there's, there's, there's off his there's, helmet. There's only one person on that on that Carolina team that would do that, and that's Brent Burns. He's the only guy oh on that team God. that would come do that. on. You don't even have to be tough. You, you don't even have to. You don't even have to fight. All you have to do every single time that man's on the ice, every single time he's on the ice, you need to engage in him and try and get him off the ice. Yeah, but it, yeah, but you're talking about a, a a league, a league and a generation that are a bunch of pajama boys. Oh my God! Come on, they can't be that bad. Can you not mean? understand? Can these go, young men we, we not see. understand that you need to go and 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 no, post stranglehold? No, they don't understand, oh Riv. God. They don't understand. That's the thing. That's why we applaud guys like Matthew Kachuk because we see we see the old school mentality is still alive in, in a player. Where else is that? It's very and how rare. someone hasn't beat the piss out of that cousins kid is just absolutely beyond me. In the game the other night, the whistle blows. What does he do? He shoots the puck at the goaltender, like tries to hit him. It, it's like, how is that guy even living? Rev, you're still in the nineties, man. Oh. This is 2023, bro. This is. T- I went to fucking. I went to two hockey games. Didn't see one big hit. Not one. I sat in the glass. Yeah. I didn't. I could have put I could have put my beer on the glass and with no glass in there and it would have stayed there the whole game. Yeah. I mean it's just like it's it's non-existent and I swear to you it frustrates me too. Like these players are t- are more talented than ever before. I'm not taking anything away from their talent. Insanely they're talented. Gritty, but their grit, their their tenacity in terms of their bite and the meanness and their and their craving to inflict pain like we wanted to is non-existent anymore it's just it's just not there and it's not in their dna 
It's not in the way they were brought up playing. And you have Matthew Kachuk and Brady Kachuk who grew up with a dad that fucking drilled into them. You need to, you need to be gritty. You need to battle. You need to bite. You need to be a pain in the ass. You need to be good and hard every fucking night. Oh, That's why got- Matthew Kachuk is like that. Florida Panthers are going to put Keith Kachuk's name on the cup. Maybe even give him a ring. Sportsnet asked him about uh, his comments. That right? was that was that was the turning point of that of this team. That interview by Keith Kachuk was the turning point because yeah. Florida goes into Toronto and beats up on Toronto. Is he going to get a ring? Same night. He's going to. He's going to get the ring. You should he's, have he's a ring. Gonna, he's going to get to wear Matthews' ring. Oh my lord. You know, uh, he doesn't need a rank. He, you know what, man? He, he'd be so happy. I mean, <clears> okay. So listen, so I, so I, I, I text, so listen, I can't believe I, I was going to answer that seriously as if you were, that was a serious comment. Go ahead. So game one. So game one, um, game one, Matthew Kachuk scores that, uh, that overtime goal. Right. So I text Matthew and I said, you know, way to go kid, you know, proud of you, you know, keep going. You know, what he, you know what he says? He doesn't doesn't say thank you. Doesn't say anything like that. You know what he says? He says, "Tomorrow we're gonna we're gonna take the will away from them. Next game we're gonna take away their their will. We're just gonna we're just we're just gonna take all their their <laughs> like this kid just scored the game winning goal, and he's not even happy about. It. He's like he's looking forward to the next game. He says we're gonna fucking just squash them, take all their will away, and you know what he does." Scores the overtime overtime goal the next day. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Well, it's, it's how they're it's how they're playing, Carolina. It's almost like they're beating them at their own game. Well, one no. nothing in the, one nothing last game was 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 a Carolina style game. Bobrovsky was the was the star of that one. You know right? what's amazing about this whole entire thing, Jr. Is like when you go when you ultimately go back to the Boston Bruins. And I'll continue to go back to the Boston Bruins. They were set up in every single situation to succeed. This is the greatest team assembled. They had two great goaltenders that split games this season. And and basically one of them is going to win the Vesna. Their defense core is dynamic with, you know, the 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 McAvoy and the um the Orloff and and just their overall defense core was unbelievable. Their forward line, incredible penalty killers, awesome power play. They had goal scores in Pasternak. They have the best defensive player in the game uh, in, in Bergeron. And 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 you look at it, they're, they're set up, they're gritty. They were gritty, angry players that could like just battle with any team, right? And it's like, I look at teams now like Carolina, they have no bite in their game. They're so soft. You have Matthew Kachuk, who plays 25 minutes a night, Owned 25 them. as a forward, and no one touches him. It's it's Owned an them. open invitation to take him off the ice. I would sacrifice myself every single moment I could get on the ice with Matthew, Matthew Kachuk. He would chirp me in between a whistle and I would literally make him pay. I would go over to him, rip his straps off, try and get him in a fight. You know, he wouldn't fight me, but I would try and get him off the ice. I'm like, if you want to do this all night, I am more than willing. It's great. <laughs> I will take you yeah. off the ice all night long. I'll just sit in the box yeah. with you Good all point. night long. 
Good point. Carolina has no grit. They have no, no grit at all. They have no None. pushback. You have Raku Gudis, man. Oh my God, is he murdering guys all over the ice? These little, mm-hmm. you can see these canes, uh, uh, you know, Carolina Hurricanes flying all over the ice, getting murdered by, even, by even Raku Ekblatt, Gudis. Even, even Ekblatt is punching guys in the face, cross-checking guys in, the, in front of the net, being a prick, right? Yeah. Their whole team. Because he can. He Sam feels Bennett, so comfortable. Sam Bennett, same thing. Every Sam Bennett, day. oh my and guess lord! What? Guess what? You know what? Know what we're starting to see now? Now we're starting to see Barkov play better. Barkov has finally started to show himself and and what, we, what he can usually do. That's a scary thing if you're playing against Florida because Barkov was invisible in the first two rounds. This yep. round he's played much better, so that's that's dangerous. But I totally agree with you. I mean, it's it is pretty disappointing, right? In, in the in the, the third round. That there's no more pushback, there's no more bite. Like I, I'm going to be really curious to see what happens tonight because you know Matthew Kachuk tonight is going to be even worse, and we're going to see how we're, we're going to. Did you see? Did you see Rod Brindamore flipping out on the fucking bench? I mean, Keith Kachuk. I mean Matthew Kachuk had Rod Brindamore in an absolute dither, in an absolute dither, and you know what happened? The rest of the team didn't. The team in front of Rod Brindamore didn't even respond. Didn't respond. I mean, I guess my question, JR, does like when you build a team throughout, like to start a season and you, and you're watching these teams that are so, so, so good um, throughout a season, but lack what it takes. Like, obviously, the referees, I think, stink to high hell. I'm just going to say that right now, and I do not oh, want to. There was go a over. trip last night. It oh. was three nothing, and a, and a Dallas player gets blatantly fucking tripped and no call, and the ref was right there. And you're like, it's three nothing. Call the fucking trip. Yeah, I I mean things are called differently in the playoffs. The the grit. Like I, I, I heard someone, I, I read something on, on Twitter, you know, because these guys are genius. Everybody that's on Twitter has an opinion and they're all geniuses. Um, but some guys said, you know, playoff hockey sucks because now it's basically all the grinders are the ones that, that are having the success. And I'm like, it could be the stupidest thing ever said. It could be the dumbest thing I've. I, I didn't. I, I just looked at it. And I'm like, oh my! I shook my head and and went on to my next uh, what was that? tweet. Like all the grinders are the ones that have success, success in the playoffs. Like playoffs, playoff hockey sucks because all the stars kind of start to disappear. Disappear. Yeah, disappear and 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 the grinders are the ones that you know because the game changes. The game changes. It's much more physical. There's a lot more. You know, well, Matthew could Matthew could Chuck watch him tonight. Like I want, I should, I should write down statistics. How many times after a whistle, when he's on the ice, how many times he gets in a verbal joust with another, with another player. Like he is right. verbally abusing guys and guys are just so exhausted that they don't even want to, they don't even want to get after it. It's you know like who, an open you know, invitation. Do you, actually, do you know the person that made the comment? Like, do you remember who made the who wrote I don't, that? I don't. Oh, was it a was it a media member or was it a 
Like, was it? A I, don't, it a I, I, I would okay. not be able. This was this was probably about a week ago that I read okay. this tweet. I, I think it was just from from a normal, you know. OK. All right. Um, let's tra transition here. Uh, we have not had you on, Jeremy, since uh, Kyle Dubas and uh, Brendan Shanahan had their fallout with Maple Leafs Sports and Entertainment. Who would give up the GM job of the Leafs? Uh, exactly what Riv said last week. Riv made probably one of the best analysis of all time in terms of why Dubas is going to bail out of that job and and rattled off every single negative aspect of what of being a GM of Toronto Maple Leafs is right now. And whoever steps into that role is going to have a nightmare of a fucking time. A nightmare. Yeah. Um, I do not see how you can win with the Toronto Maple Leafs currently right now. I think... I think they have basically done everything in their power to win. And I think they've set up a team that can win. They've, they've just come up short, but in, in doing so, they don't have a second this year, a third, a fourth or a seventh. The next year, they don't have a second. The year after that, they don't have a first and a second and a fourth. Like they have depleted their draft picks. So m moving into next year when they have to try and make that specific trade to maybe put them over the edge, they don't have any draft cl collateral. You know, the, 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 the players that they've drafted over the course of the last couple of years, like they're, they're not, they're not high draft picks. They're, they're 28 in the league because the Toronto Maple Leafs have been very, very good the last number of years. They've been one of the top teams in the league, right? So yeah, Frank Saravalli, Frank Saravalli tweeted out yesterday after speaking with a few staff members at uh, MLSE about the apparent rift between Shanahan and Dubis. I was told that it began in the 2021 offseason. Dubis had a deal in place to send a 2021 fifth, number 153, to Buffalo for. Page Thompson, but it was nixed due to lack of draft capital. So, so, so let me get this straight here. So, to be clear, the Sabres agreed to trade Page Thompson for a fifth round pick to the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's crazy. Is that Craig? Is that is that true? <laughs> I know we'd heard oh. this before. Andrew, but I, mean, I, I, I kind of, I, I you're you're getting your head. information on Twitter and well, Frank uh, Saravalli. Twitter and Frank Saravalli unleashed the entire um, uh, draft there, the uh, uh, expansion draft. He knew every single player that yeah. was so he knows what's going on. Yeah. So hey, listen, Tage Thompson this could, this in forty-one games. Thompson. But Tage Thompson in the last two years has been good. I can see maybe. No, no, no. This about is that. before that, that. That's what I mean. So I can see how Buffalo would not see what was going to happen with Tage Thompson and maybe agree to that deal at that yeah. time. So JR, 41 games, three goals, nine points, minus 12. 65 games played, seven goals, 12 points, minus 22. Okay. Then. But he Craig. played one. Then he played one game in 2019-20 season because he was in the minors, and I think he hurt his shoulder. And then the year after that, he played 38 games, 
eight goals, 14 points, minus six. And that was the season that this trade would have happened. That would have absolutely would have been on the table for a fifth round pick. Right. Absolutely. I mean, 100%. you're just at some point, you're just packing it in. You're moving on and uh, you're, you're, now, you're trying to get something no, out of it. No, no, because you would no, never trade. The, you would never trade. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The deal, the deal should never have been accepted. If that, if that's one way to look at it, Craig, that's fine, but not to Toronto. A fifth round pick. I can live with keeping the player on my roster all year long injured before I give Toronto a chance at a six foot six first round pick. Well, let's let's just say okay. Yeah, but it, that's six. That's, that's that just, six foot six player was not producing anything in in the four years of his pro career, and he's hurt. So so let's let's just worry about let's not worry about whether that was a good deal or not. Let's talk about Dubas's his angle here. Okay. So what Kyle Dubas is here right now saying in this report that he saw something different in Tage Thompson and was willing to go out and get him, And he wasn't able to, because he got, he got overrun by higher powers. Now, if you're Kyle Dubas and you watched Tage Thompson over the last two years and you're sitting there saying, now I'm getting shit because we're not winning or I'm not putting the right team. And I just had a, 47 goal scorer for a fifth round draft pick. And somebody said, no, I can see why Kyle Dubas would be fucking pissed off because he saw something that nobody else did. And when you can't do your job the way that you see your job, I can totally understand how that could start a riff. Well, I think the way Thompson turned out, you know how I think Tage Thompson was going to end up in Toronto was because of Austin Matthews. I think Austin Matthews was a, was a big Tage Thompson fan. In fact, I think in his, even last year or something, he said they said who's the best player in the league, or and he said Tage Thompson like, when it came to well, skill or something or most impressive player. Paraphrasing. Okay, but. so this is so so this is what I think needs to happen. Okay, because you you can't really do much with the Toronto Maple Leafs anymore. Number number one, what you're going to have to do is get these players signed that are free agents, and a lot of these players are going to have to decide whether they're going to whether they're going to leave because they can't afford to pay them. Or they're going to have to trade one of the top four, or one of the top three. And to me, the one guy that I think is the is expendable the most, I don't think they want to get rid of, which is Nylander. At the one that's a harder trade, but probably is more of a of a smart trade that they can get for players is Marner, because I don't think you trade you don't you can't trade Austin Matthews. He's got one year left in his contract. He's the best goal, one of the best goal scorers. In the last, you know, twenty years of, you know, thirty years of hockey, I think you get you get rid of Marner, who seems to disappear in the playoffs. You you, well, you so get does a, so does Austin Matthews. What are we talking well, about here? Yeah, but this is my this is my point. But if you're talking about someone that that is more tradable, Marner is more tradable. Number one, because you have to allow and hope, okay, that these players that have disappeared and not scored in the playoffs at some point start doing that because you don't have any other choice. You built it. You've, you you've laid your cards down, right? You could trade Mitch Marner. I don't think you can trade Austin Matthews right now. Not at the time when he has a one year left in his contract. He is the best goal scorer. He's the most valuable on that team. Okay. They're does it matter? Rid- is he coming back? Like we've had this conversation, we've actually had this conversation for years. And and the reality is right now, the GM who Matthews may have loved 
isn't coming back. Like, but you can't control that right now. You can you can offer him a contract and try to get him signed, but you you as a GM you can't control whether Austin Matthews wants to come back. You got to roll the dice on this motherfucker now. Hold on, July first, his no movement clause kicks in. So you can't trade him. He hold he will literally hold all the cards. Right now, he does not have a no movement clause from this point, May 24th to July 1st. That is the time where you have to make a decision on number one, you're going to go to Austin Matthews and you're going to say this. You're going to say, listen, Austin, um, we would like to sign you to a eight-year deal and we're going to pay you $13 million. Well, listen, I mean, you say 12, but that's not the way it works, right? How it works is... Austin Matthews is going to make probably more money or or damn near close to the highest paid player in the league, which is $2.6 million in Nate McKinnon. You're you're he he's most likely going to be in the range. Pasternak just signed a deal at $12 million. You're you're looking at Austin Matthews, you're looking at twelve and a half million, maybe yeah, 13. but yeah, yeah, yeah. But what you're missing, Riv, is yes, that probably should be, but the Toronto Maple Leafs can't afford to pay him that. So if they're gonna if they're gonna ask Austin Matthews to stay, they're gonna have to ask Austin Matthews to take a little bit less than what he would get on the open market, and they they have no choice in the matter of doing that. Why? What, what do you mean? Wh- why? Twelve and a half million dollars is exactly what he. That's not. It's not. He's not. Um, like he's already making eleven point six million dollars. Jr. All you're doing I, I is paying him so nine hundred dollars. So they already have more. a problem, but they already have a problem with having fifty six percent of their of their cap on four players, right? So how are you going to decide? Look, you rattled off seven or eight players on that team that are very good hockey players that need to get signed, right? So, yes. Well, so what do you do with yours, William Nylander? Well, I, Hold on a second. You, like His comments were my intention, my intention I, is... Don't, of course, of course, exactly. he's going to say that. So but I mean, it, you can't... You don't listen. Let's he go. Knows let's he's going to get paid. What, if he wants to be a leaf, why is he not going to say, I'm going to be here? We're going to get the deal done. Okay, and, let me ask and numbers you will work out. Let I'll me be ask the you a question. Who's, who's, who's been the best team over the last six years? The best team? Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Why? Because Steve Stamkos took eight and a half million where, when, when he should be making 11. And who plus. else did? And who else? And who else did? Mm, Kucherov at nine and a half. Braden Point nine and a half. Yes, Braden Point is 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 more than a nine and a half million dollar player. He's the most versatile, one of the best all around players in the game. How many goals did he score this year? Forty something. Forty six. Forty five. Okay. So Steve Eiserman, can he 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 got his team to buy in to what I'm saying that Toronto has to. Ask Austin Matthews. Now, I'm not saying Austin Matthews has to do that, but their team is in a situation where they can't afford everybody that that they have brought onto this team to play at, at the levels that they are. I mean, if I if I'm wrong, tell me. It's it, it can't work that way. Braden Point had 50, 51 goals this year, gentlemen. Okay, right. fifty one goals. Fifty one, and goals. he's the best. And he's the best penalty killer. And he's the be- one of the best defensive players on that team. Yeah. He's one of the best playmakers on the team. 
I mean, he's he's argu- he's arguably the most underpaid player on that team. So at nine million, so you know, it's again you got arguably the best defenseman in the game year after year at seven point nine. Just telling you, it's at some point the GMs have to have a little responsibility in in their spending, and sometimes you just have to say, mm-hmm. "Fuck, we we just we can't." JR, if Austin Matthews is not signed by July 1st, is he traded? Because no, if you no. don't yes. if you don't trade him by July 1st, then you have literally zero rights no, for you Austin have, Matthews. You have Austin Matthews option. can walk you away. Have, you with, have one option. And one option only. It's to keep him and try and win. Because there's never going to be a player more. Well, motivated. that's what I said. Yeah. Well, that's what I said. You just have to you have to bank that this 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 generational player finds his groove in the playoffs because he know he, he he scores goals like crazy in the regular season, and you have to you sometimes you just have to bank that the player is going to find his his goal scoring touch and start producing in the playoffs. Your windows when one it comes year. down. When he signed the deal, the window was the term of the contract, and yes. you're down. And, and to, it's and that's that's the pro, that's yeah. exactly what I'm talking what's, about. What's, what's Mitch Marner's What's Mitch Marner's contract? How many years does he, he have has left? Two more years. Ever? Two more years at, no, at ten point no nine. With a no trade. A no movement. No movement clause. Uh, yes, he's in a no movement. Uh, as of July first. So he's in the same situation. July first, you can't move. If him. I'm if I if I'm if I'm a GM, I'm trading Mitch Marner. I'm sorry. So you're going to trade a guy who scored 30 goals and 99 points, and the year before yep. he had 35 goals and 97 points in 72 games. Yep. You're trading yep. that guy. Yep, I am. No Holy I am. shit, man! No the way. Toronto fans who pay all this money and and invest all these emotions into this team. Are still on this goddamn roller coaster, but hey, Kyle Dubas got him to the. You know, I'm not trading a 25 year old Austin Matthews. I'm not trading a 26 year old uh, Mitch Marner. Uh, William Nylander is 27 years old. He's got one year left at seven six point nine million seven million, and then he's unrestricted. Jr. What do you what do you have to sign? Okay, so what William Nylander? So what you're doing now? What you're doing now is you're going to take. You're going to take your core players, okay? Your third, your third, your six, seven, eight forwards, your three, your three and four defensemen, right? And you're going to you're going to interchange them with somebody else. You're going to you're going to you're going to you're going to change because right now you're telling me because something has to change in Toronto. They can't go status quo. So right now you think that Toronto needs to change their middle core. And pray that their upper core finds their scoring touch. You're Listen, not going to mix I'm, it up. They have been one with the team for four years. Just let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. Listen, Mitch Marner's 24 years old. When he was 23, he put up 97 points. When he was 24, he put up 99. This guy's a stud. You do not move on from studs like this. Like, this is something that you have to build around. Those two players. As far as I'm concerned, can you get, can you, can you get a stud? Can you, get, can you can you get a stud for for Mitch Marner? Well, well I would got be looking Matt to Kachuk move Chuck for fucking Huberto and Weger. I mean, you can get. I'd be looking to move William Nylander. 
He had 40 goals this year and 87 points. He is as soft as puppy shit. Um, insanely talented hockey player. Insanely talented. I'm not. I'm not. I'm I would not, be I'm moving. Not him. Not, I'm not disagreeing. I would you. also do something that's going to be very controversial, and it's not going to go over well at all. But I would be moving John Tavares. All right, and you lost me. Why? He's he he's. But you can't move him. You can't move him. Can't move him. Why? Because he he has a no move clause also. You're not. He's not. He's not going anywhere. Yeah, as the no, captain no. of the John, Toronto Maple Leafs, he still John, has. John he still John uses. I heard he has king size Toronto Maple Leaf bed sheets. He, he he's going to finish his career in Toronto. There's just no, yeah, no, 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 no doubt about it. And then at the end of his career, there he'll be moved at the deadline somewhere to go and try and win a cup. And you yeah. know, if, you yeah. know, they'll yeah. retire him later on. Um, so how about this? You want to hear how about how about comedy? You want some comedy in the NHL? Not, Not only do they have probably the two lowest revenue generating teams playing in the Eastern Conference Final, they're not even going to be able to squeeze more than four fucking games out of it. <laughs> Talk about like <laughs> I mean, if any if the league ever needed a seven game series to try to bridge a gap, it would be this one. This is not your oh. New York Rangers, Boston Bruins conference finals that everybody was predicting. Okay, so we got it. We got it. So what the NHL is is hoping that they can have the best final possible, which is Florida Vegas <laughs> ratings wise, right? Is that it? That's that's what they're and you know they'll probably get six or seven games out of that one, but it's just a it's a it's a it's a it's an attendance nightmare, the viewership nightmare for the for the league. I mean, is I think it, Vegas. I think I think Vegas is 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 a very popular team. So you have the Florida Panthers, who this will be their second cup appearance in what twenty six years, twenty seven years, and you have now the the Vegas Golden Knights. This is their second will be their second cup appearance in seven years, six years of of existence. I mean, there are a lot of lot of fans that have that have that have become. Golden Knights fans for a lot of reasons. Well, so listen, maybe the they can more, build maybe together. they attract maybe they the, attract the viewership. I don't know. The Florida viewer, the Florida fans the other night, that arena looked insane. Yeah, but have you have you heard of the word fair weather fan? They ain't there during the regular season. Yes, they are. Gonna be, no, they are. Yes, not. they are, JR. I was at a Bro, game. You, I was at a game two years ago. Building. You played in that building. Yeah, what was it? A Saturday night? Put them on a Tuesday night. Put them on a Tuesday night when they're playing fucking Winnipeg Jets. Zero people there. Nobody there. Nobody. Don't give me that shit. <laughs> it's all right. Listen, I I love the Florida Panthers. I do. I love I I love the owner. I I know the owner. He's a great dude. Um, but you know that building is literally in the middle of a of a of a housing community. You know, it's just like it's the Florida arena. It's it's absolutely it's brutal. So it's terrible. It's terrible. True or false terrible. on these facts? Ready? This is coming right from uh, an article by Andrea Di Cristoforo. I don't know who she writes for. I just googled this, and here it is. So, 
First round games on ESPN, ESPN2, ABC averaged 881,000 viewers, up 22% versus 20, uh, 2022. You buying that or, or no? Rangers Devils Game 7 I, averaged 2 million viewers, up 25% versus comparable 2022 game. I, I, believe, I believe that. I, I believe, believe that too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Devils Rangers game six averaged 1.9 million viewers, most viewed first round game since our uh, game six since 2018. Yeah, but look who's in it. Look, it's 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 Rangers Rangers Devils, one of the biggest rivalries there is in in the in the most populated state. Yep. So no question. There is no mention of the Florida Panthers series. There's no mention of uh, all the so they're fluffing the numbers with the good series. But I'd love to know the overall numbers. I cannot wait for the Carolina, Florida numbers to come out. They won't come out. Could you imagine the numbers of just Edmonton and Toronto in the finals? Well, in the U.S., I don't know. JR, you tell me. You worked on TV in the U.S. Would Edmonton, Toronto in the finals be a draw? No. No? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. So who who did the league need in the finals for it to be a, a grand slam? You would need Rangers Bruins from the East. Yeah, Rangers Bruins from the East, and you would probably need um, somebody like. Well, I, I think Vegas. I think Vegas is one of the more popular teams in the West, uh, without question. Um, I will tell you this. Exactly. It's hard in the West. It's hard in the West. No shit. But I will tell you, you know who has a, who has a very big fan base is the LA Kings because of Gretzky. The Kings have a very big fan base. That that building is packed every night. I would almost every have night. to say Minnesota. Minnesota. I was going to say if, Minnesota. If you look at all these, you have Colorado, you know, become a great hockey market. You have Dallas, Minnesota, Vegas, Edmonton, LA, Seattle, Winnipeg. Minnesota, Minnesota, Minnesota is a great call. Because you look at the, the the places that love hockey, like uh, we've talked about this before, the the one team that's always on 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 television that gets the best ratings every single time they're on is Buffalo. Is Buffalo because they have their 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 fan base and and the amount of people that are that are in that area it's huge, and I would have to think that Minnesota would kind of be the same way because of the state of hockey. So on and so forth. But well, here, uh, Buffalo Sabres fans or people in this area, they're hockey fans. They're not only are they, but they Buffalo Sabres fans, they're hockey fans in general. Where you can't yeah. say you, in in the other markets in the United States, you may be cheering for your team, but once your team's out, you're not watching hockey anymore. But here mm-hmm. in Buffalo, you might you're hockey, checking box scores, but you're not watching games, right? Exactly. Yeah. You're maybe here in Buffalo, in people are watching hockey here. Big difference. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. All right. But it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting. I, I think I think Florida Vegas will be a great matchup, though. It, it's gonna be a great matchup. Mm. I don't know who would have the but I'm shocked that it's three three three. By by the way, it's three nothing, three nothing in all both sports, NBA and hockey. When do you see that? Well, the right. Lakers got swept, so no fifth Lakers, rank Lakers for LeBron. LeBron's threatening retiring, but I call bullshit no, on this because no. his kid's one year away from being drafted. You know why? 
You know why he's saying that? Because he just wants attention. He wants people to say, no, LeBron. No, no you know what I think? No. You know what I think? I think he wants the Tom Brady effect. I think he wants to kind of do what Tom Brady did. You know, Tom Brady messed with the media for a few years there with retiring and then not retiring. And now you got LeBron doing it. But LeBron James kid is like NBA draft eligible in 2024. And LeBron's contract expires after next year, but he has a player option for the next year. So he could end up going to play with his kid somewhere. It'd be like Gord- yep. Gordy Howe and, and the Howe boys. Yep. I, I would not I would not be surprised if that happened. Would not be surprised. It'd be pretty cool to see though, I think. I mean yeah, love, for sure. love him or hate but, him, the, the story's cool. I, I, I as much as I can't stand him, I think it would be a great story. Be an awesome yeah. story. Everybody would want to play with their kid. How many people have done that? Speaking of great stories, did you see Brooks Kopka at the Panthers game the other night? No. I love that a live guy won the fucking PGA championship. <laughs> Can I say so, so, that? So I was, so I was in Vegas. That's like a KHL week. team coming over to the United, coming over to North America and winning the Stanley cup. Oh, it was great. I, I thought it was great, but this is a good story because the, you know, what Kepka lost in the masters, you know, you could tell he was pissed, but then he's always good in the majors, right? He's always, that's the only time he really practices is right before the majors. It's the most focused, but everybody thinks that, Brooks Kepka is a dick, that he's arrogant, that he's this and that. So I was in Vegas last week, and the and my buddy who I was playing with knows Kepka and played with Kepka um, about two months ago. Kepka went to Vegas with uh, his brother and got a lesson with the, one of the teaching pros in Vegas. Now, here's Bruce Kepka goes to Southern Highlands to get a practice round in or just to practice and stuff like that. He goes into the caddy, into the caddy barn, introduces himself to all the caddies. He goes into the pro shop, says hi, thank you for 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 letting me come out. He go he he tips all the all the uh, the, the the wait staff. He literally went all over the place, thanking everybody for allowing him to come. Like, I love to hear that story about Bruce Kefka because I was one of those people that. And watching him look like he was maybe a little bit arrogant, maybe he didn't give a shit about anything that, you know, he was hard ass, but I was happy he won. I, after hearing that story about him, I feel a lot different about Bruce Kepka. And I, I, I've always loved watching him play, but um, did you see the guy who presented the trophy to him at the end of the tournament, said something to him and the, and he Kopka just kind of turns around. He's like, what, what the, like, what the fuck? No, I didn't see that. Yeah, that's the that's the head guy for the PGA. Yeah, yeah. So he said something to him. He kind of like whispered something to to Kopka or Kepka or however you say his name. And he and he just turns. So he kind of looks over his shoulder. And he's like, "Really? Like what?" He's just kind of. Probably, I don't know if it was. He probably, he, he probably said, "Enjoy going back to live tour." Yeah. <laughs> enjoy enjoy going back to the live. Right. Or he said something like. Remark. Uh yeah, I couldn't. Uh, anyway. Anyway, yeah, I thought it was a great story, and he's sitting there wearing a long. Or, 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 he pro- or he probably, or he probably says you don't get this kind of reaction or or or, or feeling from winning a live tournament, do you? Right, <laughs> or something like that. But I, I'll tell you, how about the how about the uh, the, um, the young guy? I mean, the uh, the the, the touring pro. I mean, that was that was that was one of the best best stories I've seen in golf in a long time. I mean, yeah. making dunking it, you know. Yeah. It's not so a hole. He, it's not got a hole in one, and then the the putt on the on the 18th hole. You needed it. to yeah. you need to save par from an in an impossible spot, right, Jr. Yeah, yeah, and, impossible. Uh, 
he ends up uh, making making his chip, and then he puts puts probably like a 10, 10 footer yeah. for uh, for par, which puts him in a guaranteed spot for for next year. Next year. So and he, and and he gets invited, and he gets invited yes. to this weekend's Colonial. Did you see which, the Did you see the video of him getting the call? Of course I did. Of course I did. It was fantastic. Yeah. And you know he's he's been so humble and so great. So my 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 greenskeeper at my golf course in Boston, the guy who runs my golf course, is very good friends with him. He told me to watch him from day one, which I did. So I was totally engaged because of a friendship, um, a friendship um, connection. You guys so ever? I was so cool. You guys ever play so, Oak Hill? Hey, so. Dude, that Multiple golf times. looks thick. That place looks yeah. thick. Did you did you see the video of all the pros at being asked what would an eighteen handicapper shoot there? And all of them are saying one hundred and twenty five, one hundred and thirty. Yeah. They would, you know, that place looked like sick. I've never been there, but it looked awesome. Looked Playing great. from the tees where they play in the professional. So I've played Oak Hill a few times. It is just an incredible incredible course and uh with the conditions of what they were i mean you'd have a normal you'd have a normal 10 handicap uh, you know a 10 handicap type player would be shooting 120 and this and kept a shot shot nine under <laughs> which is not which is not super high though, Jr. For for a a no. PGA, right? I mean, it it's, it's a big uh, difference. It's a big yeah. Difference, it was though. a very very tough course, very tough conditions. So we we talked about the whole one uh, that that uh, the guy made. So on my last round in Vegas, seventeenth hole, fellas, you'll appreciate this. Seventeenth hole, par three, two hundred and five yards, surrounded by water. I tee up my ball with a five iron, hit my first ball in the water. So mad, I put another ball down, hit my second shot right in the jar for a par. <laughs> oh, no. 200, 205 yard water par on the hole in one wow. par. Yeah, wow. I was like, they were yelling. I was like, please don't tell me that went in. I was just so mad, but so happy. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Oh, oh well. Oh well. Uh, All right. So the both do, do, does uh, Florida win? Shut this down tonight. No, I don't if we get so. if we get if we get both teams to win, I I think Dallas wins next because I'd love to see that final start this weekend. But uh, I think I Dallas just, is definitely uh, not going to win the next game. Really? Uh, I, yeah. I, I I don't see Dallas winning the next game. Listen, I mean you're t- you're taking out your your second point producer on your team this year in Jamie Ben. You're taking away thirty plus goals in Jamie Ben. You're pl- you're you're taking away a massive draw guy. He's your he's their number one draw guy, um, on Dallas. I mean you're taking away a lot when you uh, take him out of the lineup. Okay, and no one, no one's able to replace Jamie Ben in the style that he plays. I just think that uh, right now, the stress level of a Dallas Star team is at an all-time high, and I think where Vegas is at is they realize they're in a real good situation and they're going to try and shut it down on their next game. Yeah. Carolina, yeah. Carolina's a different engine. I think that they have more to give. I think they're a very dangerous team, and I don't think. Uh, Florida Panthers should be taking Carolina 
uh, lightly. See what happens, boys. Good show. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator76. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word. Thank <laughs> you.